We are back. Episode 33, I think. I think it's 33. 33. Scotty Pippen's number. It is Scotty Pippen. Yeah, and speaking of Scotty Pippen, the documentary is yeah, now over. Sadly over. Man, yeah. that was that was great. It was really very, good. Very, very good documentary. Mm. It, so many so much footage. Yeah, like, it's unreal that they got all that footage. Like I obviously I'm not into the conspiracy theory. Ooh, we can talk about those mm. later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not into the consp- like conspiracy theories about like, oh, the NBA is rigged, whatever. But with all that footage and they capture the drama, it's almost as if it was scripted. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I don't think it was. I think it's right. just they did a really good job covering right. it. But man, it's just like the drama, the story, the hardship of right. some of the, the, to- the team. Yeah, it was just great. I think it's just a good storyline. I mean, you look at any sport, football, basketball, there's always like a natural storyline that happens because things happen. I mean, think about your own life. Right. You know, things happen that you can weave into a story if you know how to do it right. But even as like a, a video person myself and editing video before, like I cannot imagine all that footage and going through all that and just, I mean, you'd have to have multiple editors. Right. But I mean, they did a really good job. I just, uh, man, that'd be overwhelming. But you know what didn't have multiple editors? What? The theme song. That's right. Here's the theme song. Another week, another day. We have so much to say. Where the pothole passes, you know. Here we go with another show with Joey and Adam. We're going to talk about the Midwest. And then about God, because he's the best. So turn up your volume. Kids, there's no need to shed a tear. The Pothole Pastors podcast starts right here. I still can't believe that's a thing, <laughs> but we are doing uh, that apparently. Maybe one day we'll get sued and have to stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, That would be kind of funny. That's true. That, then that would be our new Midwest moment. Yeah, we get sued by another Midwest <laughs> podcast. But uh, yeah, so we were talking about the Jordan documentary. That's great. And yeah, such a good, well done. Even just how they closed it. I do you notice mm-hmm. they started the documentary yeah, with the same shot? Same shot. Yeah. yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Almost poetic, artistic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That was really neat. But hey, what have you been doing? Um, well, I'm packing up right now because I'm yeah. moving. Um, just to the other side of town. Not out of the Midwest. Not out of the Midwest, just on the other side of Muncie. And so I'm packing up boxes of clothes and, you know, all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I moved uh, this weekend. So just trying to get everything ready and getting rid of stuff as well. Trying to take this moment as an opportunity yeah. to get rid of stuff. So John Mark Comer would be proud of you. He would. Yes, Simpl- he would. Simplifying your life. <laughs> so I've been trying to do that. And pack up. Uh, we have our first service this Sunday, like live service. Yeah. So I took. I'll be leading worship in that. That's right. So I took all of my video stuff down. Well, co-leading worship. Yeah. <laughs> took all my video stuff down in the sanctuary today, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of getting ready for that and whatnot. So. Yeah, we are in the final stages of our floor project. That's so. Right. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but like for those of you who might be joining late or forget, and I'm sorry for those of you who don't care or have heard our story ad nauseum, but 
So we move into this house two years ago, roughly, right. a l- little less than two years. It'll be two years in July. And it has white carpet in the dining room. Great so, choice. Right, great choice. You know, I think it seems like it was original to the house, maybe, or maybe it wasn't original. Probably wasn't original now that I think of it. But for whatever reason, they put white carpet in there at some point. That seems to have been a trend also at some point. Which doesn't make sense because if you spill food, yeah, it's going to show well, up. Well, I don't think white carpet makes sense ever, honestly, <laughs> you know, because of just practicality. But we, but we also did not have an overhead light in that room. Mm. So the room had white carpet. It was the main eating area because we do have like a bar to sit at, you know, like not an alcoholic bar, just <laughs> a bar in the kitchen. Um, and a cutaway that overlooks the dining room. Right. But there wasn't another eating spot, the kitchen. You couldn't eat in the kitchen. You know, the kitchen's a good sized kitchen, but it's not a place to eat, you know? Right. And so, yeah, so no overhead light. So the first thing I did was replace the, there was a fan. There was an overhead fan, but no light, just a fan. So I replaced that with a chandelier. Mm. Um, So that was the first thing I did. And then the next thing we did about a few months later, we didn't worry about anything else because we know we were moving in, we were getting settled. We're like, oh, let's not worry about it, which is actually backwards than what you want to do. You, If there's work that you want to do in a room, do it on the front end before you set all your stuff and, and move on with life. You know, that's just, right. we did it backwards. But I tore up the carpet on New Year's Day, 2019. New Year's Day, uh, my sister helped me. And it had, you know, beautiful wood floor underneath. Well, it wasn't so beautiful when we first ripped it up because it had like the um, glue and adhesive stuff from the carpet, you know? Right, So, But, I mean, you could see the potential of like, wow, this is original, I think it's oak wood Mm. to the house. And so we're like, let's refinish that because we were going to lay something. Right. But then it's like, but we could just refinish it and it'd be beautiful. Um. So so we cleaned it, we scraped it, but like life got really busy. I got announced as the director of the ministry, um, traveling around last summer. Just no work on the floor got done just because we weren't home very often, you know, and just couldn't devote the time. But there was also this really ugly chair railing around the wall, and I took it off only to find that they had glued it to the wall. And so it ripped plaster off the wall. We don't have drywall. We have plaster. Mm. And it, I had to get joint compound, fill it in, sand the wall. Didn't have the paint of the original color, you know, for the dining room. Right. So naturally, with all these patchwork holes in the wall, <laughs> we had to paint. So we painted. And then we finally, over um, like February, March, started sanding and refinishing the floor um, and we're in our final stages. Mm. We just had to clean up the sawdust that's on the floor. I sanded, did the last round of sanding last night, clean up all the dust, and then we have our final coat of polyurethane. Mm. And as long as nothing screws up or messes up or anything like that, we'll be done. Wow. And so, and about looks, a, looks good too. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, about really a nice. year and a half later, <laughs> we are finally going to be done. Well, with the floor. There are other things in the dining room we've we've seen that I'm like maybe eventually we'll have to address like right. the um like the trim and baseboards. Mm. I think we might have to do something with that at some point, but I'm not doing it right now. Yeah. So I'm going to <laughs> take a break. Take a break from that room, maybe forever. We'll see. <laughs> hey, it's always like a nice sense of accomplishment, though. 
Yeah, you, I was surprised how easy it was to learn how to sand and refinish your floor. Now, don't don't get me wrong. That's not the same to say it isn't hard work. It is hard work and it's tedious. Yeah. Um, especially we could have went faster. Um, we used a handheld orbital sander, which is pretty small comparative to like you can get one of those big like disc sanders oh, that you push. Yeah. But the risk of you messing something up with some of those bigger sanders is much, much higher. You can't really mess up orbital sanding. You yeah. know, you have to just sit there and like try to push it. And, you know what I mean? So right. it's it's fun. It was a fun yeah. project. And so now it's kind of it's kind of cool because you're like, well, hey, I could do that with our cabinets one day if I wanted to refinish them. I don't want to do that right now. Right. But, you know, other stuff, I'm like, you know, so now you have this equipment and things like that. So it's pretty fun. But I'm ready to take a break from yeah. that and be, <laughs> be done with that. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't yeah. blame you. But, hey, oh. it's that time. Midwest moments. Yep. What do you got? So I was driving uh, to my neighborhood where, I, well, where I'll live for a few more days. And there's a house because I'm, like, on the north end of town. And so I was coming into town and I've no well, I mean, I've noticed this house before, but I don't know why I've never noticed this in their yard unless they just put it in there. Mm. But it looks like it's been there a while. It was a truck, but they took like it's just the body of the of a pickup truck, took the mm-hmm. wheels off the engine, everything, and they have it in their front yard, and they like they dug it in the ground, and they used like the pickup, the trailer part, as like a flower bed. I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking yeah. about? I have never noticed it before until today. And I kind of had to do like a double take. Like, what is that? Like, that almost sounds like it should be in the South. You I know? know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I thought that is that is very unique. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it, it, it took up so much room. Like, it takes up their whole like little section of that. Front It'd be yard. interesting to get their story of like, what's the story behind the truck? Is it just... An idea you had was that the truck belonged to somebody, like maybe right. a beloved family member. Right. Are you just a hillbilly? You know, like what, what's all of the above? You know, what is, right. you know, what's the story? That, yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. So that's my Midwest moment. Oh. So my story is at Kansas City. We get a lot of stories out of Kansas City. So maybe Kansas City, let's see, what is it? It's Kansas City. There for a while, we were getting Michigan a lot. Yeah. Ohio, we've had Yeah, quite we've a, had quite a few out of Ohio. Ohio. It just seems like Missouri in general is like the epitome of Midwest, it seems. Because I think, I think it's definitely Missouri, and we've had several from Kansas City right. that are in this. So anyway, um, Kansas City Zoo penguins waddle around art museum and adorable field trip. So several members of the Kansas City Zoo recently broke coronavirus shelter-in-place restrictions to visit a local art museum and take in a bit of culture, but it's doubtful anyone had objections to this field trip. A family of Peruvian penguins and their human caretakers wandered throughout the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art in Missouri in a video posted by the museum. And this is the executive director and CEO of the museum, Julianne... Zugazagotia? <laughs> Zugazagotia? It seems... I don't know. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. But um, they seem to react much better to... I don't know what that... I'm not even going to try it. We were speaking a bit of Spanish, and they really appreciated art. So I guess she's like speaking in Spanish. Oh, and okay. So, gotcha. Oh, okay. She, so 
these are different art pieces, but I don't know how to pronounce them, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. But they're gotcha. saying they seem to like this one piece of art more than the other. Ah, uh, gotcha. And so gotcha. the penguins and their fellow animals at the zoo have been lonely since the zoo temporarily closed um, amid the coronavirus pandemic. So quarantine has caused everyone to be a little stir crazy, even the residents of the Kansas City Zoo, the video caption reads. So several of the penguins decided to go on a field trip to the art museum to get a little bit of culture. Uh, the zoo is always looking for ways to enrich the lives of the animals and stimulate their days, zoo director Randy Westhoff said. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so these, I wonder, man, what other animals could you take on a field trip? You know, that's, right. that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, definitely couldn't do like a carnivore, right? Like, like a bear or a lion. Right. I yep. guess bears herbivore, but whatever. Right. Yeah, because you don't want to get too big of an animal, because then you'd ruin a a monkey. Nah, they fling stuff. Yeah, but they could be fun. Yeah. Like, although if a monkey gets loose, you're gonna have a hard. The penguin's pretty low risk. Right. You know, the penguin right. can't get away very quick. A, a monkey could get away pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Um. Mm. It'd have to be like more of like a slow-moving animal, yeah. I think, because then you could control it better, right? But I mean, that, there, there's not too many things you probably could actually take outside the zoo, you know? Like I can't oh, really, probably not. I can't really think of too many more animals. A turtle, yeah, that's slow-moving. That'd be exhilarating. <laughs> take a turtle out for a field that trip. That would take forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, oh, that's, funny. that's Midwest moments. Yeah. But we had an interesting conversation. Well, we've had several interesting conversations yeah. around this topic. But we kind of wanted to center this episode around... Um, so there's a teacher of the law comes to Jesus in Matthew... Sounds terrible because I can't think of... I am a pastor, I promise. 22, I think. <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up as I'm speaking to make sure that that's right. But I believe it's Matthew 22, but he comes to Jesus and says, teacher, what's the most important commandment? Mm. You know, and, and so it was like the Jews had like five or six hundred laws that they had to keep. So, That's I mean, ridiculous. it kind of makes sense why he's asking, you know, which, OK, I know there's a lot of laws, Jesus, but which one is most important? Right. And that makes I mean, it makes a lot of sense because I'm like, I kind of feel like I, I was right. Twenty two. Um, so I th- it makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's like, well. Surely there has to be a couple that are like more important than the others. Or maybe there's another motive for this guy. I don't know. But he asked him and Jesus said this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, which probably was no surprise to anybody. But then he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. And so that shouldn't really be a surprise because, right. I mean, the Old Testament actually says that a lot. Like, it may not use that exact language, but like the way that God instructed the law and, and set it up, that was actually a very, I mean, that should have been n- not surprising. But I think it's really key for Christians today because I think we see loving God and loving people oftentimes as two separate things Mm, rather than like one in the same. Like it seems like to me, Jesus is saying, you know, of course you're going to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. But 
loving your neighbor is just like it. It's almost like they're interchangeable. You can't love God and not love people. Right. And you can't be loving people unless you actually love God. Right. And so I think, yeah, you know, so you were asking the question or you kind of brought up, so why don't you kind of pose the idea that you had? Yeah. So this kind of came a little bit out of frustration out of seeing people uh, growing up, and I'm guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. You know, you see people on Sunday morning, not just in church, but just people who claim to be Christians. Doesn't have to be. I mean, you can turn on the TV and see it. And you know, they're at church. They're saying, "Oh yes, we love God." They're going after Him. And then, like maybe in the North X, they're having a conversation about, "Oh yeah, I was so upset at this one person." The narthax for people who have no idea what that is <laughs> is the church lobby. The church lobby, yes. Um, but but are they talking about like some political figure? They're just like you know drilling into that person, or they're talking about their neighbor, or you know, they're just not saying very nice things. And I rem- and I know growing up, it's like, well, wait a second. You're supposed to love God, like you just said, and love your neighbor. But that doesn't really sound like you're loving your neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, it just I just got really frustrated. And even now working in a church, and I've if I've as I've gotten older, and I'm guilty of this too, I've I've done it. But it just frustrates me when people seem to kind of just amiss that. You know, right. you know, it's so easy to say amen and hallelujah on a Sunday morning, but through the week, are you displaying that through how you're treating other people around you? Right. So and I and I realize most people treat people nicely. I'm talking more about the people that get under your skin. Right. And it tends to come out like in politics or you know bigger arenas like that. Yeah. I I kind of wrote an article not exactly about this, but it's kind of related. So I wrote like I you know I write a blog every once in a while. I don't write near as often as I would like to and um I intend, I always intend to write more often. But anyway, it was called Treating God Like a Comcast Bill. Oh, and yeah. so I was just thinking about like the whole premise of that idea is we kind of like to do things in life based on our preference and on our agenda. So it's like I am perfectly happy to pay dozens of dollars for a TV package until I'm not. Right. You know, until it's not good enough. And then, you know, suddenly it's like, well, I was paying $100 every month for two years, but now suddenly it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and but what it really comes down to is that I'm not getting what I want out of it. Right. You know, I like I heard maybe I heard somebody else is getting something, you know, 100 more channels for $50 and I want that, you know, or right. like suddenly my package looks really, really bad or like what was really, really good at one point is not good anymore. And so I kind of took that approach to with God and also kind of like in regards to church, we also, we often all treat churches like that. You know, it's like, we are our church's biggest fan. We love it. We are, we're going faithfully. We have nothing but good things to say until we have something else on our docket that looks a little bit more appealing or it's not, you know, we, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that we would like. And so I think also to take that a step further, I think we apply that to people. You know, Mm. it's like we're perfectly fine to love people as long as they don't do X, Y, or Z. You know, we're perfectly fine to love people that are like us, that maybe even have the same skin color as us or come from the same culture or same kind of, I mean, this is something I've heard often, even through personal discipleship. And I've, and I've said stuff like this before too. So I'm not singling out, like and saying I'm 
holier than thou. I'm very much guilty of this as well. But we often will be like, well, we just kind of want to be around people that are like us. And isn't that revealing? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, so who, so what's the, who is this really about then? Is this about loving God and loving people or is it about loving yourself? Something that I have to remind myself, and they actually talked about it in the Jordan documentary, kind of referring back to that, but saying how Jordan used to like really get on the guys, like pushing them almost like they would say he was almost like a bully, you know, but they really saw the human side of him as well. Like he'd get upset and cry about things that everybody else does. And I kind of think about that with other people that get under your skin. Sometimes that's all we focus on. I know like for me, it's hard when somebody like attacks me, you know, especially if I know that person pretty well and they're kind of going off on something because they're upset, I have to remind myself, okay, this is not really who this person is. Whatever's going on is making them upset, but I know who they are deep down. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to remember, like, these people are human. And I think that's hard, especially for, like, people in politics. It's so easy for church people to just get absolutely upset and just demeaning of people in political power. Whether you agree or disagree with them, is another thing, but it's like, you have to remember, like these people are also image bearers of God, just like you are. And you're tearing them down pretty harshly. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they don't, they don't see through how it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's so yeah. easy to attack, but it's like, you need to step back and remember that these people are human as well. You know, they, 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 <laughs> they bleed the same way we do. You know, they they eat a ham sandwich like we all do. You know what I'm saying? And it's right. we forget that human part of them and just see the things that we don't like. Yeah. If you, And for those of you who heard barking in the background, <laughs> if you are hearing barking background, my dog saw somebody at the front door. But um, no, I absolutely agree with you. And yeah, man, you know, it's just so interesting because what do we think gives the right for any of us to ever... And again, I'm guilty of this often. Oh, I am too. But yeah. like to to curse or to demean an image bearer of God. Right. You know, we'll call people like I mean, I do this all the time. Like I'm like, oh, that person's being an idiot or um or is an idiot. And maybe you can get in the minutiae of that and be like, Well, you're not calling him specifically an idiot, you're saying he's acting like an idiot. And I'm like, Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. It's just like how quick we are to cast judgment to speak illy about somebody or something. Um, this is the, in essence, this is, it's impossible to love your neighbor when you gossip. So when you're like talking about people behind their backs, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like you're not building them up. I find this really interesting because, um, you know, the definition of love, you know, we get it from first Corinthians 13. We, it's always quoted at weddings and all sorts of stuff. And I'm not saying it's bad to do that. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all the mysteries, all the knowledge. And if I have faith that could move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. Mm. If I, yeah, nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy it does not boast. It does. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. <sighs> Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. 
And I think of that often because I get frustrated at political figures right. and I, it's like, I want to speak very illy, but it's like, what if I just spoke this way to everyone, no matter who they were? Right. You know, if I was always patient with people. If I was always kind, if I didn't envy, I didn't boast, I wasn't proud. I didn't dishonor others. Um, kept no record of wrong, not easily angered, not self-seeking, you know, and obviously no one can be all the time, but what right. if I made it my ambition and goal to, I'm not going to speak illy about anybody. Right. I'm not going to speak bad about anybody, right. you know, because like, what, what if I actually chose to love my neighbor, Right. you know? And I think it's, it's frustrating because I know this is, maybe this will make people mad. It's frustrating to me when people believe that you have to be affiliated with a particular political party or denomination of church or whatever, otherwise that you're not actually following God. I'm t I'm sorry, but it's incredibly ignorant and rude to believe that if someone is a Catholic Christian believer, that they're not a true Christian. Right. It is. And it's just arrogant and, and ignorant really to believe that you can't be a Christian if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're a libertarian It's man, there are people on both sides of the aisle. There are oh people, my. there are people on multiple or in multiple denominations that are devout, Jesus loving, want to see the kingdom come Christians. Right. And I think we need to take a heavy dose of, shut your mouth, yep. and think before you speak. I will never forget, I was a senior in high school, and I had received a scholarship. Um, it was through like a family friend. She worked for this committee, and she actually recommended me that I fill out the form, and I ended up getting it. There was two winners, and it was me and this other guy. Um, but anyways, it was an African-American uh, like foundation type thing. So me and my family got invited to the dinner so I could accept my award, and we were one of the few, like there was, you know, like 200, 300 people there and there may have been 10 white people and, you know, I had my family there. So we we're like in the minor minority, right? Mm -hmm. But um, super nice people. I mean, and we knew some of them, like really nice church people. I mean, all of them probably weren't church people, but most of them, you know, sure, yeah. and I will never forget they had a speaker and I think she might've been like a Methodist pastor or something. I don't remember. It's been too long, but it's the first time in my life because growing up, like Obama was president, and of course, mm -hmm. the church, white church, did not accept Obama very well. Oh, yeah, they didn't. And and, it's very sad. Right, it is. And so that was the first time, and I was a senior in high school too, but it was the first time that I heard a group of people who were believing Christians who were like raising up Obama, like talking nothing but good about him. And it really like... I don't want to say it startled me. It just raised question, you know, right. because all I had ever heard was the bad stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, these people believe the same thing I do, but yet they're seeing politics very differently. Right. And so from then on, especially when I came to college, I grew up and I, you know, diversified myself a little bit more. And it just got me thinking like, well, you can't just be fixed to one thing because, right. you know, there's good people on both sides. Right. And so I think you just have to be careful on like what you say about people, you know? And right. and my whole thing is, is like, what good does it do? It's like, yeah, I can talk bad about who's ever in leadership right now, but they're probably never going to hear it. But also it doesn't do any good. And I get so focused on it that you're neglecting loving the people around you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And I think about, um, 
remember when we had Chandra on and she talked about like kingdom culture. Yeah. Man, what kind of culture would it set if, okay, let's just say we don't like Donald Trump or we don't like Barack Obama, whoever's in office, you know, pick your poison, whoever you don't like. Right. It doesn't, one, one, just because you honor someone doesn't mean you agree with them. Right. That's key because right. I can honor anybody and, right. and still disagree with them. Right. You know, like, and so that those terms aren't synonymous. Right. But it's like, what kind of culture would it set if people knew I disagreed with Trump or Obama or whatever, but yet whenever I spoke about them, I honored them, I prayed for them, I built them up, you know? And so what my prayer and hope is that whenever, you know, for a church that's predominantly conservative or Republican, whenever there is another Democratic um, candidate or libertarian or whatever that gets into the White uh, the White House, because it'll happen inevitably. Right. It's not going to, you know what I mean? I hope they will give the same honor and praise and support and prayer and benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that they're currently giving Donald Trump and vice versa. I hope right. I hope the Democratic Christians and, and world of the churches will do the same now for Donald Trump and then whoever's going to be the next conservative president, Republican president, and right. say, you know, because, you know, instead of saying, how can I get my side to win? I'm like, well, how can I take the posture of a servant and the posture of the kingdom of God and humility and bring out the potential of those that God has put in charge of us? Right. That's a vastly different way of looking oh at things. Yeah. And just, I think about the people who have made the most difference you know, in our world. You think about like Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, people like that. And like, they didn't really go through like political means, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? They didn't go to a president and try and change them or like try and change a political party. Like they loved their neighbor. They did what was right. And they tried to follow God the best way they knew how. And I think, you know, talking about how you can just focus on the people around you first Mm -hmm. and just like, because it's really interesting when you really look at your life and just think about the people that you affect, because everybody affects a, gr- a number of people without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you just choose to live your life differently day by day with that mindset of, I'm not going to treat other people like garbage, like other people notice that and they take note of that. Yeah. And so you don't have to aim so high of, you know, attacking <laughs> high political people because, I mean, what good does that do at the end of the day? You're affecting no change. If anything, right. you're doing more harm than good. Right. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I hope also what's not being taken from this conversation is saying disengage with politics. Right. I, I don't believe that. I believe that the church needs to engage with politics very, very, very much, but like in a gospel way and not in a way that elevates one party over another because there's things about the Republican party that I love. And there's things that I'm like, I really hate that. Like I, I can't get behind it. I'm not going to get into all the issues right now, right. but it's the same on the democratic side. There's things that I am avidly against, right. but I very much am in agreement in other areas. And so I think as Christians, our allegiance is not to America. Right. You know, that might be controversial. I don't know, <laughs> but it's like, that is not our, our allegiance. Our allegiance is to the kingdom of God you know, we, we're not Americans first, we're Christians. And so we have to say, what is the way that we're going to bring the kingdom of God into this world 
and it not how are we going to b- bring the Republican Christianity into the world or the Democratic part, you know, right. um, Christianity into the world, but how are we going to bring God's kingdom that benefits everyone, right. that, that's for the common good of all people, you right. know, and not just, yeah, you know, it's just so frustrating because I'm like, honestly, I feel like politically homeless, you yeah. know, these days because I don't really feel like I can get behind very solidly any particular party. And right. so I, d- I don't really know what I'm going to do come November time and stuff like that. But, um, man, I would really love, we, we listened to Michael Ware talk a few months good. ago. Yeah. At Ball State, I'd love to get him onto the podcast and maybe help us, um, yeah. navigate these, these, uh, waters. But yeah, we just can't like, if we love our neighbor, we just can't, I don't know. Like, I just feel like we can't get in tribal tribalism sides. You know what I mean? Right. And it makes me wonder, do do people in church who choose, because, I mean, we've all seen people in church who are like, oh, yeah, Republican, conservative, all the, all the way. And usually the reason why they're like that is like, well, I'm against abortion, so I cannot vote for the Democratic Party. I'm always Republican. You know, you hear people say that. It's like, right. okay, it's your choice. But for me, it's like, I mean, I understand that, but the, some people will take it a step farther and it's like everything the Republican Party does is like, yes, this is what the church should stand for. Right. And, I, and I can't help but think, do they realize the people that they are neglecting in a sense? Right. Because I have a feeling they don't, you know, because you are neglecting a certain amount of people and that is not what the kingdom is about, you know? Right. And I, I loved what Alex Rodriguez said at a, I think it was at a Kaiafa conference a couple years ago, where he said, like, we don't live in a democracy, we live in a, theoc- or a theocracy. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked that kind of, like you just said, like, you're a Christian first before you're an American. Right. It's like, newsflash, America is not going to be around forever. <laughs> right. And so trying to keep your mindset on that and realizing, and that was the big thing, we've talked about this before, of like, you hear people, and I know we've said this on the podcast but you hear church people say, oh, man, back in the 60s, it was great. It wasn't like it was today. You know, America's more secular and like it's just going to a hell in a handbasket. And I think about like our African-American friends who they may think differently. You know, yeah. I mean, there's still racism, obviously, today. But in some aspects, it is a little bit better than it was like in the 60s, you know. And so it's like, be careful what you say, because, right. you know, what what it is for you is not for everybody else. And it's right. not just for your common good. It's everybody's common good. Yeah. Man, and th- there's just so much we could say to this, but it's just like, love your neighbor, <laughs> you know, love them. It's like, if what you're going to say is not loving, if it's not building someone up, if it's not leading someone to the kingdom of God, I, I'm sorry, it doesn't belong in the pulpit. Right. It doesn't belong in, in the church. You know, like, I don't know how many times I, I've heard people on their social media feed, on their, from the pulpit, not necessarily our church, but um, from different platforms, leadership, whatever, but, um, you know, just speak so, like, cutting words, like not even just pointing out, here's what's what was done wrong, not giving benefit of the doubt, just assuming motive, assuming whatever. And I'm just like, man, that that's just not right, you know? Yeah. And that's not the transformative posture of the kingdom of God. And right. I'm like, have you ever had a, like for people who are, are you know, like bleed heart Democrat liberals, have you ever had a conversation, a real conversation and befriended a conservative Republican? Right. And for conservative Republicans, have you ever befriended, listened to, and like live life with someone who 
has more of the liberal democratic, you know, ideology mindset, you might just find that their ideas actually aren't all that crazy and you can understand why they believe what they do. Right. And I think if we took more time to understand each other, to understand why do you, you know, like even asking, like if, if you were, if I was a conservative and you were a Democrat and just, we just said like, Hey Adam, why do you have the views that you do? Could you explain to me, help me understand? Right. You might not still agree with them at the end of the day, but if right. you can understand them, then you can respect them right. and you can like at least give them the benefit of the doubt. And you might also see they're human. Right. They're human. They they have lives just like us. They have cares. Yep. They want to see God's kingdom come. So yeah. I don't even know what we'll title this episode, like <laughs> love thy neighbor, be nice in politics. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Probably not that. But it's just like, I think it's an important issue. I'm glad you brought it up because I do think it's something. And maybe we can get somebody who's a little bit more expertise to talk about how do we navigate right. this and I'm not, yeah, and, and and I'm not perfect at it. And the reason I brought it up is I've seen times in my life where, like, sure. you say something bad about somebody you don't like, whether it's political or not, and it's like, oh, man, I just told the youth that they should, you know, love their neighbor, and here <laughs> right, I go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's very hypocritical. Right. And so it just really frustrates me when, you know, you see people talk about, oh, the church is dying. What are we going to do? How are we going to get it to grow? And it's like— Love your neighbor. Exactly. It's like it's not— I always tell people, like, I don't think it's rocket science. It's just, I mean, loving your neighbor is not always the easiest thing to do. Right. And so it's just kind of devoting yourself to doing that and living yeah. that lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, loving your neighbor is going to be sacrificial. It'll be yep. hard. It'll be um, humbling. But that is the way of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So good convo. Yes. I like it. Well, hey, let's end with a recommendation. That was kind of a fiery episode. You know, but, um, I'm reading a book right now. It's really great. So it's by Dr. James Bradford. Mm. I would actually really love to try to get him on the podcast to talk about this book because it's really, really good. But it's called Lead So Others Can Follow. Mm. And this might be the best leadership book on Christian leadership I've ever read. And wow. I know like we were really into Mike Donahue's book about like, don't call people leaders. I just don't Totally agree with that premise. If we ever get him on the podcast, maybe we can argue <laughs> about it. But it's just like his everything that Dr. Bradford puts out is just so good because it's like in, the, in his idea of leadership of how to build a team and how to serve people. It's all about people and serving, loving them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never about the you know, gravitas of a leader or like, you know, you, you know, I've, I've read a lot. Maybe I shouldn't say I've read a lot. I've seen and heard a lot of Christian leadership where it's basically all it is is repackaged worldly leadership with some vaguely Christian terms to make it seem like it's spiritual. But this was deeply humble, servant-minded. Um, it's just great. I think it's probably one of the best leadership books, if not the best one I've ever read. So um, Lead So Others Can Follow by Dr. James Bradford. That sounds really good. I may recommend a song. It's an older song. And of course, it's Switchfoot because it's my favorite band. But I, uh, I have like... I have like a hundred different playlists of like different moods. <laughs> and so I have like a shower playlist. Um, it's like my worship shower playlist. But anyways, I was listening to it the other day, not in the shower, ironically. And um, Restless came on. It's off their, I think mm. their Vice Versus yeah, album. That's a good one. And I heard John Foreman talk about like the meaning behind that song. And it's from a... Um, Oh, Joey, maybe you'll, you'll know this. I think it was like a Christian author way back in the day who said something like, 
He said, I'm, I look for God like a fish and it looks for water in an ocean or something like that. Mm. You know what I'm talking? I'm probably butchering the quote, but do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. That sounds familiar. I, I mean, I would imagine like the restless like comes from Augustine's quote of like, maybe that's what it you was. You know, our hearts are restless until we find rest in you kind of thing. Maybe that's what it was. It might have been that. I don't quite remember. But anyways, when I heard him talk about the meaning behind the song of how like he's, you know, restless looking for God, like lyrics go, the lyrics, um, part of it goes like, like a, um, I'm on, oh, no, I forget the lyrics now, but anyways, go look up the song. You can listen to it, but um, I don't know. I was just listening to it. And it's like one of those moments, like where you get connected to a song. It's like, wow, this is like a really good, yeah. um, I guess you could say worship in a sense, but you know, yeah. you, you know, and yeah, totally. And so, um, yeah. Ooh, that's what we should do an episode on worship about how it's more than just singing songs. Mm, yeah. Mm. Cause I get, I mean, I love worship music, but there's times where I hear, um, even like a rap song, like Lecrae or Andy Minio or something like that, that really has like faith yeah. substance stuff. And it's like, wow, I really had like a connection like with God in that song somehow, some way. And so I think there's a lot of merit to that. So yeah, check out that song and Where I Belong. It's on the same album. Those okay. two songs, oh man. It just really talks about looking for God and then finally reaching that moment when you get to see him and like hoping that it's like, man, I hope when I get to see you, I get to hear that well done. Right on. Thing. So yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, that's the podcast today. And um, if you like what you hear, give us a like on Facebook Share us with your friends. Thanks for everybody who's like recommended us recently. And, yeah, we've had a couple um, of people. Yeah, which you know, is really nice quoting us. That's a new thing. I've never been quoted before, so that's been fun. <laughs> um, quoting the podcast. You know, yeah, like share with your friends. Especially like we really want to grow our audience to just help um, engage thoughtful Christian um, conversation going on. Like being able to just have a place where we're actually talking about things that matter and. Um, not coming with all the answers, but just kind of at least starting conversations. It's pretty cool. I was looking. We actually, I mean, we're going worldwide. I don't know about that. But, <laughs> you know, of course, we have United States listeners, but we have people who've listened in Ireland, in Canada, Australia, hey. United Kingdom, Hong Kong, France, Tanzania. Uh, Tanzania. Tanzania. Uh, yeah. That? Where's that at? Um, isn't that like Africa? Uh, it might be. That sounds, and, that sounds African. And New Zealand, you know, so it's pretty cool. That so is cool. Wow. I, I don't think it's not like we have like a huge listening audience, but we've had people that's right. listened. So that's cool. So thanks for um, sharing and everything like that. But yeah. give us a review on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Facebook, on wherever you do, especially Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the, the main way people listen to us. Um, if you give us ratings and reviews, you know, it just helps the algorithm show up in people's recommendations. So more people will find out about this podcast and we'll be able to reach more people. And But thanks so much for being faithful listeners. And um, yeah, you got anything you want to say? Uh, no, just thanks for okay. listening. And yeah, yeah. we'll be Take, back again next week. Absolutely. See you guys. Yep. See ya. Oh.